Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Playdate. This is Allison LeBron, and I'm so, so excited because today I am here with Miriam, who is just such a passionate uh, person who has really created an outside-the-box career for herself. And I'm just really excited for you to meet her, hear about what she's doing, and also maybe hear maybe some tips that she might have if you're someone who really would like to create a career that's based on your curiosities and your passions. So welcome, Miriam. Thank you, Allison. <laughs> that's cool. I am, uh, yeah, so let me, let me uh, lift the veil. Um, <laughs> I am the owner of uh, guidedtripping.com. So my name is Miriam van Groen, which is very Dutch. Um, <laughs> van Groen, I would say, I would think you'd pronounce it and so yeah the guided tripping.com so basically i'm a guide for people that are tripping on psychedelics usually and so in holland we are fortunate to uh that that psilocybin in the form of magic truffles is legal so i can uh sit with people while they have an amazing experience um and can guide them through it to make the most of it for their uh, personal development and basically their enjoyment of life uh, while they are doing cool stuff. So mm. that's the tagline, joyful empowerment. Mm. Wow, that is so absolutely fascinating. And I'm so excited just to find out more about how it is that you started doing this. Like what led you to have this idea or to start this this work? Yeah, huh. many, many Things led to this. Uh, there was a bunch of breadcrumbs, uh, many of which I was trying to ignore, I think, as one does. Um, yeah, so I was a university teacher, um, and uh, at the same time, I was doing a lot of personal development work, mostly something called circling, which is, you know, the shortest description I can give of that is relational meditation. Uh, so it's really about being with yourself, with each other in the moment. And that taught me a whole bunch of really cool things and helped me already be, a, you know, that it was a little bit more fun being me already before I was super, super self-critical, very perfectionist. Um, and um, at the same time, like parallel to that, I was, you know, every a couple of times every year I would go out with a bunch of friends and we would have psychedelic experiences and really um, enjoy them and each other uh, and I started noticing that those things really informed each other so I started noticing that I was asking myself and asking the people around me questions or doing things that um, came from all those personal development methods and um, I also noticed that that would create like lasting effects in my experience of myself and of life and so I was talking about that once during um I mean I talk about that a lot actually <laughs> even more now as you can imagine and so uh I was talking about that in one of those workshops and um this friend of mine got super excited and he said will you would you sit with me while I have an experience like that because I'm very curious but I don't want to do it by myself I said well I think that's actually a great idea because if you do these things by yourself, you're like a squirrel, right? You just like go wherever. And having me there helped him um, 
Yeah, focus in on what his intention was. So one of the main, main ingredients that makes an intentional session different from a recreational session is that, the intention that you mm-hmm. have beforehand. This curiosity about whatever pattern it is that you want to look at. Um, and then just to kind of follow, uh, you know, finish that, um, those three uh, elements. The second would be the guidance, like having mm-hmm. someone there to unsquirrel you <laughs> and help you, nudge you towards that intention, towards going deeper inside yourself instead of focusing that, you know, awe and, and like everything is interesting energy outside yourself and at the pretty colors and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the third thing is integration. Like afterwards, you know, there's this thing called um, neuroplasticity. Yeah, so you basically these these substances really bring your brain in a state where you can make new connections, neural pathways, and if you make those really nice and positive and helpful to whatever your next step in your life is or whatnot, then that's really great. But if you don't then use them, those neural pathways, practice, integrate, do those things in your day-to-day life, basically you can then, you know, kind of those neural pathways will atrophy again. Mm. And uh, you can file that away uh, in the category of what Michael Pollan calls a weird drug experience, (laughs) (laughs) which is a shame, you know, it's cool, but there's so much more that's possible. Mm. Anyway, so this guy was super enthusiastic afterwards because I just couldn't help, like, you know, doing things and asking him questions and helping supporting him in his process basically was Mm. what I was doing just kind of I don't know intuitively and so he called me up a couple weeks later and he said that was amazing I feel so good (laughs) these things have really really shifted like some it's it feels stable this Mm. shift feels stable so um three things when can we do it again (laughs) Can I send other people to you? Because I think this is super important what, you're, what, what you did and how you did it. And can I please pay you? Because that was more than a year's worth of therapy right there. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that was cool. Uh, and I was, it was a kind of a si- on the side thing mm. at that moment, just something weird. Like I filed that under weird drug experience. <laughs> um, but yeah, it kept showing up. And at a certain point, I, um, uh, I burnt out in my regular job and was able, because of, you know, just the kind of circumstances in which I was and, and in which, uh, yay, socialism in the Netherlands are available, um, I could take my time to figure out what my next step was going to be. And this just kept showing up, showing up, showing up. And I was like, nah, that's not a career. That's not a job. Uh, let me go find something else. And none of those paths really held the same kind of, um, I don't know, interest, I guess. So there's two things, actually. One, one is um, that I could really be myself. Like, this is just what I naturally do. I am interested. I can bring my presence. I can share what stands out to me and that's like helpful to people like really helpful to people Mm. so I can be myself and it's very 
Now, that's the other thing is it's helpful. Mm. I actually, my presence and uh, makes an impact for them and they find it very valuable that I'm there. Um, and I see real shifts in people. So it's it's very gratifying in that way. Mm. So slowly, slowly but surely, I started to believe that that was actually possible, that my career would not burn me out, but that I could bring my whole self and that it would actually be a very nourishing thing, not just for me, but for them, mm. for the people I serve. So that's just, yeah, it was, it was just a win-win-win-win-win situation mm. <laughs> <laughs> that I started believing was actually okay and possible for me. Yeah. Wow. Totally amazing. And I, I'd imagine that a lot of people listening to this podcast would love that, you know, like, what would it be like to actually have a job that's a win, 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 where you're actually being nourished while doing it as much as the person that's receiving. <laughs> For some of us that are people pleasers or overgivers or <laughs> perfectionists, that w- could be like a non reality, right? Like, that's like, no way, that's not possible. So what an achievement to create that for yourself. Um, and I'd imagine it took a little bit of courage or, and also um, you kind of following your own curiosities in the process. Do you mind sharing a little bit about, I know it was probably a long kind of winding road to get from having like a day-to-day like job and then going to having this be your business. But um, what were some of maybe the highlight moments or maybe things that stand out as like, oh, this was definitely an important piece of that winding road? Gosh, yeah. So ever since that burnout, (laughs) disclaimer coming up, (laughs) um, my brain does not do uh, uh, chronology very well anymore. (laughs) Uh, So let me think. Yeah, what were were parts of that? Yeah. I think one of the breadcrumbs was definitely getting that positive feedback from people and just really going, oh, and believing that. Mm. Um, so in in that sense, and, and, you know, them thinking and saying and acknowledging, yes, this is really valuable, and yes, I want to pay you f- to do that and to be there. Um, so, you know, that t- took a couple of repetitions to mm. sink in. Right in the beginning, it was like like I said, a bit on the side, uh, every once in a while, and um, you know, in that sense, I guess. I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't recommend burning out. <laughs> like, I definitely lost a couple of IQ points and um, and the energy re- reserve tank, um, but that also meant that I had to find something that fit within the new. Uh, confounds I guess of you know what 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 I was who I was Mm -hmm. I didn't I just don't have the energy I used to have Mm -hmm. I just don't have the opportunity to just focus on the cerebral part of me Mm. um so I guess in a way you could say like I don't know I I'm fortunately not blind but they say that blind people really develop these other senses and because my brain was just I don't know, fried, non-functional, as someone described it, the size of a matchbox. <laughs> I couldn't string two thoughts together, and I was just constantly tired and, and couldn't follow my own train of thought. And I don't know, it was just impossible to be the smart person I thought myself to be, which is such a big part of my identity. So I really had to develop all these other parts of me. So I became a much more embodied being, I guess. Um, and I also 
was forced to be okay with not having that much energy. So I couldn't do as much as I did before. Mm. Huh. How to make peace with that. Right? It was really an interesting process. Very, very cool. And I was so fortunate that I already had done all this personal development work, all this circling, because it really meant that I didn't also spiral into, for instance, what happens a lot is that people also get depressed because they don't feel useful anymore. Mm. And they feel ashamed and they, they, you know, they, they're really fighting the state that they're in. Um, and, and feel like they shouldn't be in that state and they feel weak and they feel like they've done something wrong. And I just, I was really immediately able to identify those thoughts and just go, yeah, I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm not following that road. Um, yeah, which is a good, interesting segue because that's what happens to a lot of people while they're with me. Mm. And in those states is they can go, oh, look at this. This is the start of that path that like row of dominoes that just gets triggered when X, Y, or Z happens. Mm. And look at that. I don't have to do that. I can just, I can pause and I don't have to go down that road, um, which creates a lot of freedom. Mm. And uh, I think really, I think freedom is choice, having a choice and not automatically following along with whatever you are used to doing. Um, so you can still do the same thing. But then it's a choice. It's not an automatic. And it's not like you're not a victim to that pattern. Mm. Um, which, is, which is really beautiful to see happen in people. See that shift. Just like literally I can see it in their eyes when that happens. It's really cool. Mm. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, topic. no, I love that though. I, I love, you know, being someone that's a coach or a space holder. You know, I know the feeling of that, you know, holding space for someone to get to have that awareness. And it can be really hard <laughs> to, to have people have that awareness. I mean, I can say after doing hundreds of sessions, um, because we have a lot of resistance to breaking out our, our patterns, right? Because they're, yeah, it's scary. It's unknown. Um, fear, right? Fear is very addictive. And, um, and our patterns feel familiar. We don't want to go in an unknown direction. And also oftentimes they're what had us survive. And especially maybe if you survive something that was like really challenging or really scary, then the pattern can be really strong to have you stay the same because no, <laughs> if you, you know, whatever, if you break out of this pattern, things, bad things are going to happen. So what are some of the exciting things that you see happening for people when they get to work with you and go through this process? Yeah, so many things to choose from. <laughs> Yeah, it's very rich. It's, a, it's like a smorgasbord of yeah. things I could, like, let me pick one. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, let me say that, that um, yeah, there was a woman who I resonated with a lot, uh, who was very much um, like a perfectionist and always going, and um, she discovered just lying on the couch on this session and she was just resting she said oh and we we kind of delved into that and she discovered that she had equated resting with laziness mm. and uh like i said i resonated with that <laughs> um 
And yeah, so we, she was able to kind of untangle those two things from each other. And she said that afterwards she was just like able to take naps and really enjoy them and not feel guilty, not feel like sh she should have been doing something quote unquote useful during that time. Mm. Um, and, and just seeing them as something, well, again, quote unquote, useful in their own right and something that she deserved and that... And I, you know, as a recovering perfectionist, uh, was definitely prone to this thought of, I can't rest until the world is fixed, basically, <laughs> right? Which is, well, a high bar. <laughs> a little uh, bit of a high bar. <laughs> a little bit of a high bar. Um, which is one of those things where once I spoke that out loud, I would just be like... <laughs> <laughs> But it's true. It's what I was thinking. So yeah, that that kind of uh, that's one of the things. I mean, there's so many others. Um, yeah. So just earlier today, I was speaking to uh, a lady who had done a session a couple of weeks ago, and she, um, yeah, she found out that she was really feeling herself much more and feeling stable and solid in herself and being clear about her boundaries, being clear about her needs, being okay if that brought up uncomfortability with other people and not giving in because of that, you know, just like already uh, thinking what the other person might want or need and then just kind of preemptively doing that and not even feeling into what she would want herself. Mm. And that was just, I mean, I was smiling the whole time while she was speaking <laughs> And uh, she was talking about, oh, and there's this other little thing. And just an example, there's this other little thing. And we just noticed, no, those aren't, those aren't little things. They're, they're really, they come from deep down, those, uh, those shifts. And uh, yeah, I think that that, that was just great for me to sit there and just celebrate. Mm -hmm. Celebrate her and celebrate those, the tiny little things that make up your life basically right so it's yeah just that's a joy yeah wow I mean that's huge I hear like I would call that like people pleasing patterns you know and I know as a people pleaser myself or I'm recovering <laughs> people pleaser <laughs> I'm here yeah um I'm making new choices and not always pleasing others first, but there's such an addiction to that, you know, and um, to be able to break through that is is massive and so liberating. Because <laughs> let me tell you, if you're listening and you're not a people pleaser, it sucks. <laughs> like, it really sucks. The amount of guilt and worry that you constantly have about, you know, you're really disappointing this person when it's really not necessary. It just is so not necessary. So yay her and yay you. Like, what a huge accomplishment. Ah! <laughs> so um what are you excited about in you know in this field i know like there are other people probably doing this so what what excites you about this field and being in the field yeah so one of the things that is very much like in the media now and this is why a lot of people more people know about it or have a more positive stance toward it is because there's so much research being done um, with MDMA and PTSD with depression and psilocybin uh, and the results are just really kind of amazing um, uh, and this hiatus in this research since uh, the crackdown you know in the 70s um, you know has has gone it's it's i hope uh there's so much going on right now that i can't keep up which is great news um and and you know i'm not a therapist 
right? So there are people, there are therapists that are being trained as we speak to once, it, for instance, uh, MDMA gets legalized for prescription um, f for use in therapy, which is very important. It's not just kind of like do this, take this pill at home. No, you're in the therapist's office the whole day. Um, but, you know, those are... Th There's people doing that, and that's really, really great. And it's informing uh, what I do, and I hope what I do is informing, can inform them as well, uh, because what I do basically is more around what uh, Michael Pollan would call uh, the betterment of well people. Yeah, so it's people that um, just, you know, aren't diagnosable with anything in particular, but that do have these little nagging, sticky things that they've worked on for a while that they're like, I understand this. Why isn't it going away? <laughs> and it's really hard. Like you say, there's like this, this um, addiction in a way um, or just being used to doing things in a certain way and, and doing them in a different way feels very risky to your system, right? So one of the things that these substances do is just kind of ease off those risks for a while so you can feel into what it would be like without mm. that anxiousness and without that... Um, that fear or the, you know, the risk of something really good happening as well, right? <laughs> it's not just a risk of something bad happening when you change. So um, it kind of uh, gives you a little preview of what is possible. And then in your day-to-day -day life, which is why that integration piece is really important, you really practice that and live, start to, start to live into that, I would say. Mm. It's maybe a good way of putting it. Like, you know it's possible and now you're practicing mm. and then it just come, becomes more and more part of your baseline and um, that, is, that is just super exciting to see that, to witness that in other people, to uh, see it in myself as well uh, and to, yeah, uh, to hopefully start gathering quantifiable data around that right because for now it's basically anecdotal mm -hmm. even though it's um quite a constant i would say like there's always something that that fundamentally shifts for people in a positive way um but it's still just kind of like me saying that right mm -hmm. so i really want that's something that's ex that's exciting to me is i'm starting to work together with people um therapists that hopefully will you know branch out into the ptsd depression um trauma area and uh you know maybe me moving with them or at least supporting them in doing that and people that want to do like research and and quantify what it is that i do and Uh, that we do actually, because there's a team now, which is also exciting. So, um, you know, there's other, uh, th there's more than one trip guide working <laughs> at guided tripping, and that's awesome. So, that's also really exciting to not be the only one that does this anymore. Mm -hmm. I mean, in the way, in the way that I do it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so it's really been a discovery if you talk about this out of the box career. <sighs> just of a discovery of the system there is a system there's method to the madness <laughs> and um and now being able to uh yeah hand that over to other people and make it i guess scalable in that way right it's not i mean there's always a pinch of magic yeah and everybody yeah i don't want carbon copies of myself because i think that, that that would be very boring um <laughs> but yeah uh, there is Uh, there's a method and there's a way that we can help more and more people hopefully 
become joyfully empowered. Mm. Yeah, so that's exciting. Wow. Oh, it's so, so juicy to hear you share about this um, and so exciting. And yeah, it sounds like amazing work. And having spent a lot of years of my life in personal development programs and with coaches and mentors, um, you know, I know the hardest thing, like you said, is letting your barriers down enough to actually see what's possible. Like that can be really, really challenging for, depending on who you are. I mean, maybe for some people it's easier than other. I don't know. But I think for the, most people, it can be challenging to see like what else is possible, even just get a glimpse of like, I could have that really, you know, <laughs> it takes a lot of unwinding, like maybe like a week at a spa for me, <laughs> having people serve me food and feed me where I would be like enough in my body and relaxed. My nervous system would be relaxed enough. So what a cool combination. So, so amazing. What a gift actually really for people that get to experience that. So, um, you mentioned the, the after, I forget what you called it, like after the process. So people spend a day with you and then there's a process afterwards. What does that look like? Right. So, um, yeah. So during the day we really just go into whatever comes up for people. I really trust the process in that Mm -hmm. sense as a proper facilitator. Um, so what, whatever comes up is the thing. If resistance comes up, that's the thing. That's the Mm -hmm. thing. If uh, fear comes up, that's the thing. If uh, creativity comes up, that's the thing. So I really trust whatever that is, uh, family relations, whatever. Um, And then towards the end of the day, when people are coming down a little bit, we go into more coaching mode to kind of translate whatever those insights and those embodied insights were like into your day-to-day life. Um, because otherwise, how is it going to stick? How are you going to use that neural pathway if there's no practical circumstance in which to do that? So that's what the the coaching is really geared towards. And then in the weeks after, people just do that and practice that. And we have another integration call where they just kind of report back to me and we see if there's another little like boost we can give to whatever that, those effects have been. Um so yeah, there, there's just this this kind of aftercare um, thing, but the pr- the process of integration is really dependent on that person, on on you, because if you don't do those things where you strengthen that new neural pathway, um, yeah, it's gonna um, get o- overtaken again by whatever was there before mm-hmm. in the uh, what they call the default mode network which is kind of just this automatic thing that runs your day really mm-hmm. in your brain so um yeah it's up to you to make your discoveries part of your new normal mm-hmm. and um and i i love you know witnessing that and hearing about that and supporting that and tweaking that mm. um so yeah, that's that's the that's basically what goes on then. And it's never ending, right? But yeah. So juicy. So um I'd imagine you work with people that have already they've been in a personal development path for a little while. Like they know how to make new choices for themselves. They've maybe been working on their patterns for a little while and they already have that foundational ability to see themselves in like a pattern that isn't serving them and then see now after working with you, they can see the new pattern a lot brighter maybe and it's a lot more available and they can start making choices in that direction. Yeah, yeah. And I guess it's very much about one of the things that that I 
that happens a lot and that I think is quite important really is to be able to see those old patterns lovingly mm. and appreciate them. I mean, it's one of those uh, tropes of the personal development world. It's like those patterns were there because they once served you, yeah. right? But to And this is one of those things that people understand mentally, but then they feel it. They just really go back into the person they were that made that choice to start doing things in this way. And it always, always is something aimed at serving you. And it might not have gotten the memo that it doesn't serve anymore, right? <laughs> but before you can like kind of um, reappoint them as something else or like give them a new do job description or those parts of you really need to be seen and acknowledged and understood for what they've been trying to do. And that's why they're not moving, yeah? Mm. That's why they're not moving because they haven't been seen, they haven't been heard and they haven't been acknowledged and praised and then they can once that has happened and they trust that that is real and i'm talking about parts as if they're a separate thing yeah. but they're of course like internal it's just you talking to you basically yeah. <laughs> and it's beautiful um that they can ease off and maybe feel willing to try this other thing or feel willing to see if it's true that the world is actually a beautiful place and people are trustworthy and um, joy is uh, what they call <laughs> I heard this once and it was just like, you what? Now what? <laughs> joy is a perfectly valid response to the experience of being alive. <laughs> <laughs> and as a, as a perfectionist, I just, I really was like, I uh, does not compute. <laughs> But I like the sound of it, so I, you know, I, I remembered. But yeah, something like that. So interesting! Wow, it's it's so 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 juicy, so exciting. Um, wow, this has been such a juicy conversation. Yes. I love it, and I love the work that you're doing for people. I love that you're, yeah, you're giving people access to more of their joy, or you're just being a space. You're holding space. You're giving them an opportunity to then do their own work to access more of their joy, which is like, what else is possible? Wow. Imagine a world filled with people that have touched their joy and know that it's possible and know that like they could choose that yeah. in their day-to-day -day life. And you know, it's funny. One of my friends, you love her, my friend Ellie, she's a yoga teacher and a meditation teacher. And she made this post the other day on Facebook where she said, all adults are just chill, like children inside adults' bodies walking around And they're like children that didn't get their needs met or they didn't get what they wanted or they felt like they weren't seen or they were hurt or someone made fun of them and they never got to like kind of complete that. And it's so funny being in New York City, you know, because you just you can walk around and just see a lot of that, like because you see so many people on the street. So, you know, if you live in the suburbs, you don't actually do that because you see cars <laughs> but in the city it's cool you see all these people and it's so so um to me sometimes it's just so like I feel sad sometimes and I'm sure maybe people see me and they're like oh look at her she looks so sad or something I don't know but um I just always like have that same desire I'm like oh, I wish they could you know touch their joy and maybe they do and I'm making a judgment I'm sure like maybe when they're at home with their kids or something but you know I know for a lot of people joy can feel really far away and um it can be really something of like distant maybe not even something they ever got to experience in their childhood because of whatever reason so this kind of work is so important so juicy I'm so happy you're doing it and I'm excited to see 
yeah, as it evolves, like what, what happens. So is there anything else you want to share or say, um, to the listeners out there, any announcements or anything? Uh, wow. Not really. Actually (laughs) just, you know, um, visit the website, see if you find anything you find interesting, uh, www.guidedtripping.com and, um, come to Amsterdam. It's a beautiful city any time of year. Um, (laughs) and, yeah, I, I really hope that um, I can uh, I can be a lighthouse. This is one of the metaphors I really like. Of there's this this meme about you know a lighthouse doesn't go around the island telling people look here look here this is the thing it just stands there and it shines mm-hmm. its light and if people are interested and and inspired by it then all the better. Um, and so that's. That's something that I hope that you find and trust that you can have um, a, a career that you really, really enjoy. And that is serving to people just by virtue of you being yourself and nothing else. Yeah. So beautiful. And we'll put your website in the show notes. And just thank you again for spending time with us today. And for the listeners, feel free to post some questions below this or post your thoughts. We're curious to know. <laughs> yeah. So thank curious. We're very curious. <laughs> so thanks again, Miriam. And hopefully we'll have you on again, maybe next year. And who knows? <laughs> I'm curious about that. <laughs> be a little time capsule, this, this podcast. Yeah. yeah. Thank you very much, Allison. It was, was a pleasure. True pleasure. <laughs> all right. We'll see you all soon. Bye.